0: Welcome to a This Paranormal Life Halloween Special! (laughs) Happy Halloween, everyone! Boom! The day that every paranormal investigator fears because the general public are dressed up as ghosts and monsters and we don't know who to hunt. And we got an itchy trigger finger, so I guess everybody's going down. Uh, Last year, for example, thought I'd captured a ghost in a headlock. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be my neighbor Craig, trick-or-treating with his two young kids. Should have known when the ghost had kids. Yeah, and could be trapped in a headlock. That, again, was maybe a sign. If I'm honest, I think part of me knew. Craig is just a piece of shit and uh, I was kind of using it as
1: an excuse to just bully him in front of his children. <laughs> He's like, can I at least get an apology? And you're like, absolutely. But you're not getting your candy back, Craig. You're out of your goddamn mind. That's been confiscated by the paranormal police. But not only, Kit, is this episode special because it's
0: Halloween. This week's episode also features our first-ever on-location investigation. It's true. Wow, we've been hosting this podcast for many, many years, and we've said in the past how we are keyboard warriors. We like to investigate from the safety of our studios, but very rarely do we ever go in the
1: field, get our hands dirty, and investigate these things for ourselves. And what better time to go when truly the souls of the dead and the living are pouring out onto the streets uh, in Halloween. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is the time when the veils between... Uh, This world and the other world become very thin and porous, and it might be the perfect time to go looking for that paranormal experience. Exactly. And sure, sometimes it does turn out to be your neighbor, Craig. But
0: (laughs) sometimes, just sometimes, you get your hands on something truly paranormal. Luckily, we are in London, a city with a rich history of ghosts, hauntings, and paranormal activity. We have the London Dungeon. Home to torture and executions. Mm-hmm. We have the British Museum, where the British Empire ganked a bunch of shit from other countries that is definitely cursed now. A lot of paranormal shit. We, have, we basically have a pick of thousands of different investigations. But there's another industry kit that London is famous for. One that we're pretty familiar with. We are? That is, of course, pubs. London is home to many pubs, dating all the way back to the 1500s meaning that they've been around long enough to
1: soak up a lot of paranormal activity. I mean, the 1500s, like, that is not a number to be taken lightly, is it? No. 500 years ago?
0: That's older than America. Yeah. I mean, 1500s, what was that?
1: Boats? Swords? (laughs) Boats? I'm trying to to just think broadly here, but, like... I guess it was, like what the end of the end of the kind of uh not quite caveman a little past that i don't know what was it like the end of the medieval times i feel like that was a big span of time this must have been close to the renaissance right where people were getting fancy in french but yes it was broadly speaking boats and swords absolutely
0: yeah to say the least it was a grisly time to be alive we hadn't quite invented
1: justice by that point (laughs) <laughs> Things were still kind of kind of rough and lawless. Which makes sense because you need a certain amount of justice for a pub to exist. You need to have a system <laughs> of... Like the first pub existed when the first guy with beer met the first guy who wanted beer and they were able to come to a, a deal. How about me no kill you? Me instead give you gold coin. And he's like, and the first pub was born. That, that was it, <laughs> the yeah. The first Weatherspoons. That was really kind of um the beginning of the true roots of humanity. <laughs> Before then, it was just, yeah, me stab you and take beer. Um, But I do have to say, whenever you are uh, walking about London and you see these kind of historic pubs, you really understand why they are so historic, why it is part of the historic DNA of London. Because if there's one thing Londoners like doing 2,000 years ago and Londoners like doing today, it's knocking back a pint of grog after a hard day.
0: It's true. And I mean, in the 1500s, every day was a hard day. (laughs) (laughs) Things were grisly. So it makes sense that a lot of the pubs, especially the older ones in London, have quite a dark, strange, paranormal past to them. But with this many pubs in London claiming to be haunted, how can anyone know which ones are duds and which ones are the real deal? Well, to find out, Kit and I went out into the streets of London and investigated some of the city's most paranormal pubs to find out which ones are legit. Someone's gotta do it. So today we're gonna tell you the legends behind each pub, then cut to clips from our own on-location recordings where we hunted for paranormal activity using the most cutting-edge ghost
1: hunting equipment we could buy on Amazon.com. <laughs> right, not even the rest of the internet, <laughs> specifically whatever Jeff was selling that day. Uh, we will then
0: give the pub a ranking on a scale from 1 to 5 based on how haunted it
1: really is? Oh, I think this is a great idea. So many of our listeners are based in the US, and I really like to think that this will be um, something different for TPL, where normally, sure, we take you on a great adventure with some sound design and stuff, but... This time we're literally taking you out onto the streets and maybe giving you some inspiration for where you might go and check out on your own paranormal adventure in London.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, this isn't some polished production. There wasn't a crew with us or a team. It was guerrilla-style
1: filmmaking. That (laughs) means I threw my own shit. (laughs) shit. That's right. (laughs) I was about five seconds into trying to explain to Rory what guerrilla filmmaking was before he had already dropped tro I was squatting in the middle of Clarkenwell. Swinging from the rafters with a banana in my mouth, uh,
0: I assumed guerrilla filmmaking was someone distracts everyone dressed as a monkey while the rest of the crew managed to film or record the shot needed.
1: That actually might have helped on this exact investigation.
0: What I'm saying is we got our hands dirty. (laughs) Not in our own crap. (laughs) Not because we were throwing shit at people. Uh, (laughs) Dirty with the stench of the paranormal. Stop talking. (laughs) Why can't I think of another metaphor? All right, folks, let's dive into today's investigation. But before we do, why don't we take a quick break to thank some of today's sponsors. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our first pub of the night is Ye Old Cock Tavern. Now, as you know, usually on the podcast, we would beep the word cock if used in a sentence like cock and balls. <laughs> but seeing as this pub has roots back to the 16th century, it probably means cock as in chicken.
1: Uh, much to my disappointment. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, there may be a more modern bar just called Cock Tavern in London. Uh, we are not investigating that today. No. Um, now, this
1: place was beautiful from the outside.
0: It was, and it did have on the outside of the building a giant golden cock. Cock as in chicken, not penis. Again, wants to clarify. The old cock tavern is located on Fleet Street, a street that dates back to 200 BC. When, Whoa! When the Romans had a stranglehold on the UK. The pub's origin began in 1549. To give you an idea of how long ago that is, It outdates the plague.
1: (laughs) Whoa. So this is like the Middle Ages version of like free love in the 60s. They hadn't invented uh, responsibilities or STDs yet. So it was just a a beautiful time. Pre-plague? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my God. At one point, there was probably plague doctors with their beaks
0: dipped into a big (laughs) pint glass sipping away. The pub was a watering hole for literary minds like Charles Dickens, Alfred Lord Tennyson, and Samuel Johnson, a writer so old that he's most remembered as the author of the dictionary. <laughs> this
1: is—he wrote the book on words. That's how old this mother is. We're gonna be coming across a lot of these kind of factoids, and this is why, yeah. like, the history of London is so fun to learn about someone will be like oh you see that building over there that's where the first person rhymed two words no one had ever done that before <laughs> he was shot immediately <laughs> yeah, by the way there was a riot like <laughs> like this.
0: he rhymed cat and hat it was dr zeus himself
1: <laughs> oh shakespeare it was also to be clear such a smaller london at that time
0: yeah so that's why when we're in the center of London, I mean, that's all there was to London when we go back all these many years. But I'm going to be doing that a lot today, blowing your mind with facts of just
1: how old these these pubs are. Also makes sense that so many, as you say, literary types were hanging out because, again, while the the novelists and writers of today are smacked out on Adderall to just crank through the punishing Production schedule of books in the twenty first century. Yeah, um, back then the key to writing a good book was um, being a, a drug addict, an opium addict, being an alcoholic. Oh, a hundred percent. You're talking to the right
0: guy over here. You know, I write. Uh, I write a lot. Um, tweets and very angry Reddit posts, and uh, I often find that the best thing to do is just to have a couple drinks and get the anger flowing. <sighs> you know
1: just really get it out of your system which is messed up if that works for writing dictionaries as well i would have thought that wouldn't but i guess i guess it's so boring you need something to get through it yeah, he
0: started with all the angry
1: words first he was like first up is f**k, cuz i'm furious
0: <laughs> this isn't going to be in alphabetical order by the way all i've done all i've written so far is f- die and kill um, yeah this this was a this was a you know a place where Great minds could meet, share a drink, write a dictionary. But famous playwright Oliver Goldsmith loved the pub more than any other. In fact, when he passed away, he requested to be buried not too far from the pub. In fact, so close that staff who work there say that his spirit
1: truly never left. (laughs) Weird to love a pub that much, by the way. Like, like, you sure you don't want to be buried with your wife and kids? Nah, I want to be as close to a pint in the afterlife as possible. The most famous encounter came from a young barmaid who
0: was working at the pub. She claimed that one day, while taking the trash out to the bins, she felt the presence of someone behind her, watching her as she walked. She turned around, expecting to see one of her co-workers, but instead, she was met with a ghastly face, staring back at her. It had a big, bulbous forehead, bulging eyes, and most importantly... "'No body. "'This head was just floating there in the air.' "'That's a giveaway. "'No body.' "'Yeah, not a good sign.' "'She screamed at the top of her lungs. "'But by the time help arrived, "'the head had vanished. "'The landlord ushered her inside, "'poured her a drink, "'and shivvied her up the stairs "'to take a little break. "'But when she got to the top, "'she screamed and dropped her glass. "'That's him!' she said. "'That's who I saw out the back!' When the others reached her, they saw that she was pointing at a faded painting of Oliver Goldsmith as an elderly man. Ooh. Isn't that crazy? Pretty spooky stuff. I mean, especially if she didn't even know who this Oliver Goldsmith guy was. She saw the face and then just recognized it from the painting. Some
1: Ghostbusters shit. It's kind of believable too, right? I mean, just because you work somewhere, like lots of pubs and and just places of work just have tons of paintings up. You don't study them. You don't check to see why the painting's hanging there.
0: Yeah, especially, you know, in some of these older pubs where it's just a bunch of white dudes in powdered wigs and you're like, that's Lord Tittywaddle from (laughs) Smellington who... Uh, shot a goose on the fourteenth, and this is the commemorative plaque.
1: Okay, well, and... I have some respect for Lord Titty Waddle because it's all just. He non... didn't hunt geese. All right, he only hunted swans. Dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something even less he admirable. He hunted per people in London.
0: Since this harrowing encounter, the ghost of Oliver Goldsmith has become increasingly active. Both patron and staff have reported seeing the disembodied head floating around the bar. His whole body is also known to wander around the pub at all hours of the day and night, appearing and disappearing
1: before people's very eyes. Absolutely insane. As you say, Roy, we've been no stranger to uh, pubs in London over the years, but I've never seen anything like that, nor do I know anyone who's seen anything like that. That would blow your mind i've seen a few ghastly faces before but all of them had human
0: bodies yes Uh, not necessarily something paranormal um now of course to investigate this fully we went to the pub we went to it and investigated it with our own hands i get it we got them dirty i know we got them dirty gorilla style And before we cut to some of those clips and tell you about the journey, I think it's important that we talk about the gear that we brought with us to investigate on these locations.
1: Yeah, of course, the tools of the trade. As I said,
0: this is our first investigation, so we didn't have a briefcase full of inspector gadget style tools for us to hunt ghosts and pick up paranormal activity. We had to start from scratch. So, the first thing that we picked up was the Itexity Laser Grip 800 non contact digital laser IR infrared thermometer temperature gun. You, you must be reading this off the Amazon listing. A lot of people say when they experience paranormal activity that there is a noticeable drop in room temperature. So, why not have something like a gun? that can measure the temperatures and also maybe give the impression to spirits and ghosts that we have a a gun that could kill them. (laughs) We're loaded. That we're
1: loaded. It's a great point. One I always forget about for some reason. I think because there's so many like fancy ghost hunting pieces of equipment out there that you forget that one of the most bread and butter pieces of equipment you need is a simple way of checking the temperature of a room. Did it need to look so much like a gun? Probably in not. In retrospect, it would have been wise to get something more friendly looking.
0: Yeah, because we were going into a lot of these, I was kicking the door open <laughs> to a lot of these pubs, uh, holding the gun in my hands. Um, I'm not joking when I say this thing had a red dot sight attached to it. <laughs> right. It's like, not like, a
1: joke. Like you were a SWAT team member.
0: Yeah. And I, I was like trying to help these people and I'm like pointing the gun at their head, like the red dot sight between their eyes. And I'm just like, don't fing f- f- move. Don't move. Yeah. F- move you know people are freaking out but I'm just there to hunt hunt ghosts you know I'm I'm just I'm trying to help them you know the bar staff are pinning me down to the table trying to knock me out by clobbering me over the head and I it feels like the temperature's dropping because my
1: eyesight is going to a, a pinpoint <laughs> yeah in the first pub someone did perform a citizen's arrest Judo flipped Roy onto his back wrestled the temperature gun off him and assuming it was a real gun tried to pull the trigger on your head and everyone in the pub was audibly disappointed when they didn't hear a click i don't even know how you
0: rally up a group of people that quickly right to all be on the same page it was almost kind of impressive so fast (laughs) yeah uh the other piece of equipment that we bought brace yourselves here is called The Very Sensitive Rem Pod Spirit Pod Key EMF Meter Ghost Hunting Equipment Detector. Huh? The description online for the item read, This is our latest and most sensitive rem pod yet. It can detect people, ghosts, spirits, and demons from one (laughs) foot away in every direction. If your demon is one and (laughs) a
1: half feet away, shit
0: out of luck. Humans and spirits are made up of electrical energy. The REM pod can detect this energy and will trigger to let you know if something is there.
1: So this sounds like, off the bat, an absolutely essential piece of ghost hunting kit.
0: That's what I thought when I purchased it. Now in the description, it changes its name to the Spirit Pod X1, even though I think it's talking about the same item. The Amazon description is also littered with typos. I'm not what, sure what that says about the quality of the That's product. ghost. There could have been some spooky yeah, supernatural interferences with the the Bluetooth keyboard. Uh, But they say online that it's been tested vigorously on location and has had
1: great success. So, of course, we had to pick one up. And you guessed it. This one was shaped like a rocket launcher. It was impossible (laughs) to hide this thing inside a pub. Five feet long. It takes two men to load it onto your shoulder. This one looked like a switchblade. It was, it was no hiding it. It's a,
0: it's a machete with a LED light on it. It's activated by raising it to the throat of a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you turn on the REM pod. So again, bar number two. Yes, we were arrested by the citizens and thrown out onto the streets. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now you have an idea of what this pub is like. You also have an idea of the gear that we were bringing with us into this establishment. Let's cut to our own on-location investigation. All right, we have just arrived outside of our Whoa. first pub on the tour, Yield Cock Tavern. Uh, this place looks old as hell. It says underneath the enormous cock, again, chicken, uh 1549 which i believe is the origins that this pub can can link back to
1: you know i've lived in london for some time roy i've never even been in this neighborhood um too fancy for us there is uh i just saw two victorian children chasing a piglet down the middle of a thatched cottage street uh i think we've gone back in time all
0: right kids so first thing when we arrived and entered the bar uh there was a doorman and one of the staff who were Putting stuff down in the cellar, this was even before the front door, there were these huge, ancient-looking wooden slabs
1: that opened up to some kind of basement below the bar. That's right. Uh, It was opened up. I barely even clocked it, and you basically blew our cover instantly, turned to me and went, that's it, the cellar, it's right there. (laughs) <laughs> we should try and sneak
0: down. I, it, yeah, it was 30 seconds before I was making gorilla noises. <laughs> I just turned to Kit and said, now! <laughs> and threw a banana at the barman. As we heard, there's nothing necessarily paranormal about the, ba- the cellar or the basement in this pub, but interesting to note that it does have one and it looked pretty ancient. Once we got inside the bar, the first thing that we did, of course, was order a drink and asked the barman if he had seen or heard of anything paranormal happening. We heard uh, that this pub may or may not be haunted. Good idea. I've, to... I've not heard anything, but I've heard the same thing. I've heard people say that stuff. Is not for it. pretty, pretty haunted, I was kind of blown away. I don't maybe because wow. this was our first pub. I wasn't expecting to actually hear anything, even though he was kind of cagey. He pretty much spilled the beans. He was like, look, I just started here, but there is some shit going down.
1: Like, I've heard of people seeing spirits, noises. Something so funny about the fact that he didn't break stride or change where he was looking for a split second. He just carried on getting the drinks and was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's haunted. Which makes
0: you think that it wasn't a big deal, that he was just, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I get asked this all the time. It's no big deal. When he put my Guinness on the counter, it was completely overflowing. <laughs> like, it was pouring all over the countertop. And right, his
1: eyes went glassy as he started re- recounting the paranormal experiences. He was clearly pretty shaken. So he mentioned he hadn't been there that long, right? Yeah, he had only been there for, I think it was first few, first week maybe on the job. So pretty impressive that even he had uh, already come across such stories.
0: Exactly. Once we made sure that the temperature gun was working properly, we wanted to see if we could explore this pub and possibly find out if they still had a picture on the wall of Oliver Goldsmith. And at this point,
1: uh, our prospects were looking good. We couldn't see the details from where we were sitting, but this place had a lot of paintings on the walls.
0: We could see at least 20 or 30, even from where we were sitting. All right, kids, so a big part of the story of ye olde cock tavern was people and staff here seeing the ghost the floating head of oliver goldsmith insane so let's take a little wander around the pub and see if we can actually find any of the portraits that still remain so if you need a reminder uh this is the mother we're looking for today all right you ain't missing that forehead (laughs) i've got my temperature gun let's go see if we can pick up anything abnormal hell yes We checked the upstairs balcony, the downstairs, all around, and unfortunately, it was a
1: lot of pictures of cocks. (laughs) It really was, and that was before we even got into the chickens. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I think the one that's worth talking about was the entirely black painting. We have to talk about this! I don't know if this is just my eyes, but there's a a completely black painting at at the back of the room. It does look as if it's like, in a Super Mario game, that painting has come to... Whatever was in that painting came to life and left. (laughs) Left the painting. (laughs)
0: Behind a uh, very nice couple, uh, just sitting down having a drink, was a huge painting. Ten times the size of any other painting. With a light above it, making sure it was perfectly illuminated, and yet the picture inside had completely been painted over with black paint. It was the most paranormal looking thing that we had seen in the bar. It was pretty creepy. I did scan it with the gun, and unfortunately there was nothing strange about it. But hey, maybe that just means whatever was giving off paranormal activity has been dealt with. At this point, I, I can't say we weren't a little bit disappointed. I mean, we'd heard some stories from the bar staff and we'd done some investigating of our own. But based off of the story that we, that we heard about the barmaid, you know, seeing this picture of Oliver Goldsmith, I was kind of hoping at least we would see a picture of him still on the wall, maybe at the top of the stairs. But kind of defeated, we decided to move on to the next bar. But before we left, Kit had to use the bathroom. And what, did you call me or text? You just came running back up the stairs and you were like, you're not gonna believe this. Right outside the ladies and the gents' toilets is is a
1: genuine picture of Oliver Goldsmith. It says that at the very top, Oliver Goldsmith by Sir Joshua Reynolds. I just heard a strange noise down here. I think it, it
0: came from the ladies' bathroom, I but I don't want to...
1: Okay, I'm just nervous now that we're here. All right. And right beside it is uh, pictures of uh, other famous people who I guess used to drink here. Samuel, Samuel Johnson, Johnson uh, Lord Alfred Tennyson, who we talked about in the episode,
0: and a plaque documenting some of Ye old Cock Tavern.
1: What a surprise. We could, Like you mentioned, we did explore multiple levels of the building. We looked around. It almost felt like they had tried to cover up the past of the building. Right. With, yeah. With all the like uh, cock paintings, you know, they had really tried to like modernize the thing, I guess. And so we, we were feeling very defeated and then just hidden away downstairs the truth I couldn't believe it was like you
0: couldn't have written it that we were like all right, I guess we'll go we'll, we'll just head to the bathrooms and down there was an, the actual painting of him still hanging down in the bar. I mean, and hey, we did scan him with the gun and got nothing too strange but I heard a strange noise while we were looking at it coming from the ladies' toilets and I don't think there was anyone in there and then the door to the men's
1: bathroom uh, just shut by itself right beside us while we were looking at the It had been open just for a couple of minutes, and then it did shut.
0: Uh, We're now scanning the object with the RAM pod. Doesn't seem... I mean... The door did just essentially close by itself. I didn't catch that, actually. That was kind of nuts. I'm I'm being honest. It was a very strong start for our first location that we were investigating. Um, We gotta give it a number out of five if we're gonna rank this thing, Kit.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, I guess we have to come to an agreement. Um, I mean, Not necessarily. I, I would say it was, as you say, a very strong start. We essentially got to... We heard firsthand that there had definitely been paranormal activity. We saw the evidence that the painting did exist, which helps the story. But... Um, but we didn't directly ourselves observe any strangeness with the Rampod or with our temperature gun, so it's not perfect.
0: Well, the bathroom, the bathroom thing, again, I feel like it didn't shake you, but I was rattled, rattled to my core. Me, personally, I don't want to start off too strong here. I'm, this For me, this was a four. I think it's a four. It was a four out of five. We had an amazing time there and would definitely encourage paranormal enthusiasts and investigators to go check out the cocks in the bathroom.
1: All right think you could have worded that better
0: so there you have it folks our first pub a four out of five that is ye old cock tavern Woo! we were on a high leaving the old cock tavern let me tell you I, I, I was actually so excited when we left Yule Cock Tavern, I did a little jump while we were walking down the street, and the thermal <laughs> gun f- fell out of my pocket, and like- Cracked ex- open on the street. Bloated <laughs> onto the floor, and everyone walking down the road f- thought I dropped a gun. <laughs> <laughs> thought I, had, I was literally carrying a handgun. One stop down, three more to go. The next stop on our paranormal pub crawl was the Viaduct Tavern. Now, this venue opened in 1869, and it's the only 19th century gin palace left in London. Whatever that means. (laughs) We're all hoping you know. I mean, gin palace makes it sound like it's a very fancy establishment. But according to history, apparently both the staff and patrons were so rough that they had to introduce a token-based payment system because nobody on the premises could be trusted with money. <laughs> bad establishment. Bad hire, palace, hire, for sure. Don't hire criminals to run your bar. If you think the men who will be working for you will be stealing from you, that's a bad dynamic. That's fascinating. I will say that even though this place used to be quite a rough establishment, when we went to visit, I opened the doors and saw a guy sitting at a table who looked like the penguin from Batman, like a big tuxedo on, round belly, cackling like a lord. (laughs) There was several people in tuxedos. This bar is also situated just opposite the building that was formerly Newgate Prison. And down in the basement, you can find disused prison cells where
1: people in debt were held captive. Like, this is insane. It's like a circular economy. People go to jail for committing crimes. They get out. They yeah. go to the gin palace, get into debt, token debt, and they get put back in jail. It was and obviously, the cycle continues. It was
0: obviously happening so often. They were, they were like, just put a prison in the basement. Just put a prison in the basement because the criminals are just coming back to the gin palace, trying to mug people for tokens and going back to jail. It'll just be faster for everyone. In 1999, two builders who were working on refurbishments at the pub claimed that they felt ghostly taps on their shoulders and that the carpet that they'd brought to be fitted rose in the air and was slammed on the ground. Wow, that's crazy. If that wasn't bad enough, one former landlord said that one night when they went down into the basement, the door closed behind them and all the lights shut off. To this day, they swear they heard someone say, There's just two of us down here now.
1: (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) Not what you want to hear in a haunted building. Drop your tokens and get the f*** out of there. (laughs) Second most worrying thing you can hear, only next to the Joker laughing. (laughs) Which would make sense if the penguin is upstairs, the Joker's downstairs, maybe Batman's in the attic. <laughs> that is pretty terrifying stuff. Now, supposedly, is the logic here that because there was a prison nearby and, God, jail cells even underneath the pub, that so much human misery um, and treachery was happening in the vicinity that the, the spirits of those angry... Uh, sad men are just there to this day is that the idea I think so I mean if you're gonna run a pub with a prison in the
0: basement you can't be upset when you start seeing ghosts <laughs> right. that's all I'm gonna say yeah. I agree with that I agree with that the government said they'd knock off some of the rent if they could use the attic f- for hanging so yeah you know 9 to 3 we're hanging people in the attic and then 3 to 11 it's just you know chill drink. it's a gin palace welcome my <laughs> lords and ladies Can I get you anything to drink? You just hear upstairs, (laughs) Disregard, disregard, everything's fine.
1: (laughs) On Saturdays, we do do a special offer. You can watch the hangings (laughs) and have a gin for two tokens. It's like, I just want to use the bathroom. Oh, yes, round the corner.
0: Not that door! (laughs) Uh, Not that there's anything bad behind that door. It's fine. Uh, The pub is allegedly so haunted that the Viaduct Tavern also offers annual seance sessions where paranormal investigators and ghostbusters
1: can experience these strange occurrences for themselves. Okay, we didn't do that this time, but that sounds dope.
0: Yeah, it's very cool that they're kind of leaning into it. They're not even shying away. They're like, this place is so haunted, we'd be missing a trick if we didn't get people in to investigate
1: it. Yeah, which judging by our visit, they really don't need to do. The place is so goddamn busy just as a regular pub. But yeah, very cool that they're choosing to do that.
0: In as recent as 2008, Sixteen members of the London Ghost Club went to the Viaduct Tavern to investigate and some of the occurrences that they felt were pretty wild. Their notes mention headaches, flashes of light, drops in temperature, the sensation of, quote, wiggling floors, as if the building was rocking. At 9pm, one investigator called Lisa said that she felt there was a general feeling in the air that, quote, punishment is temporary. (laughs)
1: <laughs> what?
0: Keep an eye on Lisa <laughs>
1: for the rest of the evening. Yeah, headaches is one thing, but I'm starting to think she she was a ghost pretending to be part of the club. I feel like it's everyone's fine when
0: it's like, oh, I felt, yeah, I feel like I'm the temperature's dropping a little bit, and Craig's like, oh, did anyone <laughs> thought I heard something there? And Lisa's like, no pupils in her eyes. There, there are, are no, no consequences, consequences for actions, for actions in the, the mortal realm. realm. Every, Every day, day we stray, stray further, further from God's, God's light. All right, Lisa. I think, um, yeah, we're just trying to like, we're just trying to keep it. This is some people's first time on the on the seance. Uh, we have a couple from America here who found this on. It's like a Groupon thing that they're here. So maybe we'll just keep it light, keep it chill.
1: Blood <laughs> oath. No. <laughs>
0: we, we should, should do, do a blood, blood oath. Lisa, stop. Everyone, Everyone give me your hands. hands. Blood, blood <laughs> oath. <laughs>
1: Uh, To be fair, I think I would be reporting symptoms of headaches if I was in a room of 16 paranormal investigators. (laughs) Uh, Some of these as well are the symptoms of a
0: good time. Wiggling floors, (laughs) the feeling of the building rocking back and forth. Okay, that's just the gin. Yeah. Reports of the sensation of boogieing. There was at least one instance of getting down. But reading this, it felt like there was a lot of paranormal evidence to be picked up on. Let's cut to our own investigation and see what we got our hands on. We have just arrived outside of the Viaduct Tavern in the heart of London.
1: We are, I don't know, somewhere in like Clerkenwell, Farringdon direction. This is rush R, corporate businessman London. Guys, this bar is popping off. There are people
0: spilling out onto the streets with pints, but that is not gonna deter us. We're about to head inside and see if we can sleuth around and gather some paranormal evidence. We're going to talk to the bar staff, see if we can find this cellar that leads downstairs that apparently leads to prison cells. We're going to see what we can do. I mean, first off, it's important to talk about just how beautiful this pub was.
1: Yeah, we were astonished. I mean, you could really spot the tourists here because everyone else was just yakking it up in their tuxedos, uh, laughing like the penguin. Uh, But we were looking firmly at the ceiling, just like, wow, this is so beautiful. And in the back of the pub, they actually
0: had the old token booth that they used in the olden days, when I guess this place was still a a
1: rowdy gin palace. I enjoyed that when we did get a drink, um, this wasn't a place where they have, like, big buckets or, like, machines for ice or whatever. They just had an iceberg out on a giant tray, and they were just hacking, using ice picks to hack bits off. I
0: mean, first thing we did, obviously, was go get ourselves a gin, and ask some questions to the bartenders to see if they had experienced anything paranormal.
1: Is this place haunted? Supposedly. Supposedly. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen anything? I've only I've only been here about a month. I haven't seen anything. Okay. But, no, none of my co-workers have stories it. But, uh, I know it a girl who used to work here um used to feel like hands on touching our shoulder and stuff, so like hair being
0: pulled. Okay. But I, I haven't experienced anything like that. Once again, I kind of couldn't believe how forthcoming people were being <laughs> about
1: uh, talking about their own paranormal experiences. Now, you will notice a theme. Across much of the world, there is like a labor shortage. Sure. Um, And in the UK, that is manifested as like in the hospitality industry. There's like insane amount of turnover. So uh, both the first place and this place, both bartenders had, quote, just started. Yeah. But even so, they were both able to tell us about... Very concrete paranormal events. I mean, she got very specific there, talking about hair pulling, uh, being tapped on the shoulder. Yeah, you know, we're
0: talking about the labor shortage, but could there also be another reason why the staff aren't sticking around? I mean, you said it, not me. Maybe the turnover is so quick because you're serving
1: pints in a Scooby Doo ghost house. <laughs> You ever think about that? We can't really judge the ex coworker who left for getting her hair pulled by demons. <laughs> yeah, you're within your rights to quit, I think, at that point. Unfortunately,
0: um, you do not get any furlough payment if you're leaving because of uh, supernatural
1: reasons. Right, there's no severance package for that.
0: Which is, don't get me started, that's a whole other thing We're movement. lobbying the
1: government, don't worry.
0: We really are, we're working on that for you guys. Uh, we've learned from our mistakes from the first place and decided to pretty much immediately go down to the <laughs> toilets and investigate so we are making our way downstairs to see if we can find the cellar
1: there's some creepy f- photos I'll tell you right, that's
0: pretty weird you know the stories that this place essentially had uh jail cells in the basement we are now on the negative one floor and there is a painting on the wall of a convict
1: in a jail cell with a a ball and chain attached to him as he's on working on a kind of mill or whatever and right before we leave, we did come across another image. This is an artist's illustration of the prison, I guess, in 1870. Look, there it is, the debtor's prison, marked on the wall. As you can tell,
0: down there, there were some pretty weird paintings of prisoners in cells, uh, paintings of the place that, from when it used to be a gin palace, Uh, It seems kind of cool that these pubs are just hiding their secrets downstairs, basically.
1: I mean, I guess it makes sense, especially in this place, because the weirdness is all concentrated underground.
0: Yeah, and we didn't necessarily experience anything strange. I scanned it with a temperature gun. There was nothing abnormal. I was about to call it quits,
1: and then Kit went into the bathroom. I learned from our first port of call on this investigation and went straight to the bathroom where they had a sign in the bathroom saying, if the hand dryer goes off on its own, don't worry, that's just Fred, the ghost. I mean, it doesn't get much more in your face than that, does it?
0: (laughs) What were the odds that we would actually visit a pub that not only kind of alludes to a haunted history, but they actually have a sign up saying, oh, we have a ghost in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. His name's Fred. All in all, even though we heard some pretty cool stories and saw the sign about Fred, the bathroom ghost, uh, didn't really experience anything that paranormal while we were in there. Granted, as we said, this was maybe one of the
1: busiest pubs that we went into. It really was. It was absolutely spilling over. Um, So really amazing, but a little less to chew on, maybe. Ultimately, though, we still do
0: have to come down on a number from one to five, ranking this pub on its paranormal activity. Now, I want to say we might come back to this one because, as I said, they they offer uh, seances, tours, I think, of the basements and the cellars and some of the levels that are kind of off limits usually to the public. So our conclusion today is basically
1: just based off the floors we had access to. Because of that, I think I'm going to give this one a three. I think that's fair. Maybe if we didn't know there was other stuff we could look at in future, it would be lower. But let's go with a three.
0: That was, ladies and gentlemen, the Viaduct Tavern. Three out of five. We have two more pubs to go on our list, each one spookier than the last. But before we do, here's some messages from today's sponsors. When you're ready to pop the
1: question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online.
0: Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
1: Pretty Litter even monitors health by
0: changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
1: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest.
1: Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now... are saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest
0: with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com ParanormalLife today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ParanormalLife. The next location on our list kit was... The Ten Bells. Sing dong. By this point, I think I had dropped the thermal gun seven times. <laughs> uh, this pub was probably one of the most famous sites that we actually visited.
1: Yeah, and now we're in a completely different corner of town.
0: Yeah, all the way out in East London around Spitalfields. That's right. This pub was first named after the number of bells on Christ Church on the other side of the road. When it opened in 1755, it was the 8 Bells. 1755. That is nuts. Crazy, right? Then when the church upgraded 30 years later, it was changed to the 10 Bells. While many of the pubs that we've talked about so far have links to famous authors or playwrights, the 10 Bells is linked to one of the world's most famous serial killers, Jack the Ripper. Ever
1: heard of him? (laughs) That's why he would announce himself in a room (laughs) That is right Now we mentioned this with Spitalfields People who might be a little more uh, au fait with paranormal history of London They may already know that Jack the Ripper is synonymous with the Whitechapel area of London Which is pretty much what this is
0: Oh yeah, that was his Fortnite Battle Royale (laughs) island He dropped in there and... I don't know how many people he killed. I think it was only five people. I shouldn't say only, because that is a lot of people. uh, And it is truly a tragedy. But um, I don't know why I thought he killed more people for how infamous he
1: is. Yeah, I think it's a lot of other stuff around his story that makes it memorable. And also the fact that he was never caught or never unmasked. He stalked the streets of East London over a century ago, specifically killing women working in the sex
0: industry. It's said that at least two of his victims Annie Chapman and Mary Jane Kelly frequented the Ten Bells before meeting their untimely demise.
1: So this is definitely different. Rather than something as simple as a a jail cell on the site, this was where he would clearly stalk and and prey on people. So creepy, isn't it? I mean, to give you an idea of just how closely
0: this area is linked to Jack the Ripper, while we were at the pub, a huge Jack the Ripper walking tour of London went right by with like 20 people and a a tour guide. That's right. Despite the murders taking place over a century ago, staff and guests of the pub have claimed to feel a strange presence while in the area. In the late 1990s, some even claimed that late at night, they had seen the ghostly figure of a strange Victorian man standing at the end of the hallway. Despite multiple staff seeing the same person, no one had any idea of who it could be. That was until the year 2000, when the pub received a new landlord. While clearing out the cellar, he found an old box in the corner that contained a wallet owned by a man called Georgia Robert, a previous landlord for the pub. The box also contained a 1990s newspaper cutout about his murder. (gasps) Could it be that the old landlord who was murdered is now haunting the very same pub? someone's haunting it so let's just decide it's him and work with that there's so many people who were killed around (laughs) this pub that we only briefly talked about jack the ripper right it's like we can't even give him that much time honestly uh so obviously heading into this place i mean this was the pub with probably the richest history and some of the goriest past we were expecting some pretty hardcore paranormal evidence so let's dive into our investigation Okay, guys, we just arrived outside of our next pub, the Ten Bells. Ten of them. Now, this is the pub where two of Jack the Ripper's victims, Annie Chapman and Mary Jane Kelly, were both said to frequent before their
1: untimely demise. You say untimely. They were hacked to bits by Jack the Ripper. Why don't we head inside and see what we can find? Let's do it. This bar
0: was pretty busy when we walked in, but we managed to sneak up the stairs to the second floor that was a bit more secluded and asked the staff behind the bar if they had experienced anything paranormal. They mentioned a lot of different occurrences. In particular, something that I hadn't even heard, they mentioned some staff seeing uh, the chandelier in the the bar swinging
1: from side to side when there was no one else in the room and all the windows were closed. I thought this was interesting and it made me look up to, to try and get a glimpse of the chandelier. There was, I think, I counted seven chandeliers in that room. Sure, yeah. You're asking to be haunted. Uh,
0: also hanging on the wall was a picture of a c- Not a chicken, a penis this time. <laughs> uh it was a dude with his legs spread and a a giant penis just hanging on the
1: walls finally (laughs) again seeing what i think is a bit of a pattern that the people that we talked to at the bar hadn't seen something themselves but had definitely talked to others who had and were very aware of the history i don't know if it's what you mentioned that this is like survival of the fittest the people who Aren't don't have a proclivity for the paranormal or don't have the sensitivity. They're the ones who just work there and get on with it and stay there a long time. And maybe the people who have these experiences are the ones who get out of Dodge. Yeah. I mean, isn't that,
0: isn't that kind of like a horror movie cliche where it's like, oh, I got a new job uh, up at the hotel in the mountains. <laughs> and you go and it's like, what, what happened to the girl who worked here? All of her, She left all her clothes in the locker. We don't speak of what happened to Anna. At the manor. You know, you're like, all right, I guess I just gotta go. And then you find out the place is haunted or something horrible happened and you're the replacement. Um, Maybe there was a reason why pretty much everyone we talked to was having their first day. Very possibly. We didn't want to go downstairs because it was busy. So we decided to go to the third floor. Little did we know, you weren't allowed on the third floor. Nobody was. Kit and I did not know that. I mean, it should have been obvious because... We essentially went into somebody's house. It immediately went into just... It almost looked like bedrooms and strange little staircases and windows out onto the streets of Spitalfields.
1: But at this point, I'm four gins deep. (laughs) So so there's no keep out signs that are keeping me out and nothing. We were quite excited and keen to just start snooping
0: around. But unfortunately, someone did come in almost immediately and kick us out and drag us back downstairs in a very polite way <laughs> the funniest part is is i actually caught it <laughs> on audio recording so i think we should listen to that right now all right guys kit and i wandered up too many flights of stairs we've actually entered a
1: part of the pub Oh, you can hear the exact moment the paranormal investigator's heart breaks in half. Oh dear. Oh, so unfortunately, we were brought back
0: downstairs with the normies. I
1: I love to think that someone in like a back office of that pub was just like on watching the CCTV cameras was like, what the f- is that? <laughs> Just us, our <laughs> drunk asses stumbling about upstairs. Has that kid got a gun? <laughs> <laughs> I, got my laser yeah. I, I thought it was, but he keeps dropping it and <laughs> batteries keep flying everywhere. Of course, before we left this
0: venue, we'd learned from our mistakes. We had to head downstairs to the bathrooms to see if they'd maybe buried anything down there. They hadn't. Uh, there was really nothing down there. I'm not saying it was paranormal, but the only strange thing that happened was that the tap on the sink, basically exploded and showered my crotch with water, making it look like the man upstairs had yelled at me and I'd wet myself.
1: Yeah, it's Making just, it look like that. It's just, I used had the tap right after you and it was fine. <laughs> yeah, so.
0: but I, when I used it, it wasn't, and it squirted water and my crotch and a little bit in my I, you were, eyes. You're, a you're, you, were, you're, you were crying. Well, and The, the water... Shot in two jets, at, to it's dick and eyes. It's just so
1: unlikely, it's, and it's just so
0: unlikely to only go in your dick and your eyes. <laughs> so I was just feeling, and I was, oh, I was hot as well. So that's why I was like red, puffy faced, and like flustered and stuff. Um, so I'm not saying that that's necessarily paranormal, but I don't know. The taps squirt me you and the dick and eyes. In the
1: bathroom stall for ten minutes. <laughs> don't tell them before you washed your hands at the
0: <laughs> sink. <laughs> we just play an audio file right now? that's just me. <laughs> It wasn't the tap, man. It wasn't the tap. I peed and I'm crying. You just hear. Sorry, you can't be in there, mate. What the bathrooms? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There was really nothing even down in the bathrooms. So we headed around the side of the building and we did find what looked like almost a trap door that led down into some kind of cellar or basement. There is essentially a medieval style trap door just off the side of the pub. This old crusty wooden metal seam door.
1: Right, this thing looks like if you're a jester and you don't make the king laugh on top of this thing, you're going in the moat. So I thought what we could do is, because I do
0: have my temperature gun, uh, what we can do is scan the surrounding area, get an idea of the temperatures that are around here, and then maybe scan the door and see if there's any some sort of abnormal
1: reading. Because uh, so far the basements have been the paranormal place. 14, 15 degrees. That is the nighttime temperatures. That sounds about right. That is, that is. Now I'm gonna scan the secret wooden door
0: uh, with the gun to see if we get any kind of different reading. 15 degrees god damn it we tried using the rem pod spirit pod x1 to call out to some of the spirits of the deceased but again didn't get many results in a last-ditch effort to kind of unearth any sort of paranormal evidence uh we decided to talk to the bouncer outside the building before we left (laughs) this was maybe my favorite part of the entire investigation we kind of went up and we were like hey man we know that this place is the, the home to many of Jack the Ripper's victims. Uh, some say that someone was murdered actually on this very street. We talked to the staff who said that they have seen chandelier and spirits and they say it's haunted. We want to know if you have any experiences yourself. And he's pretty much like, this place is haunted? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> this place? Where I work? We're like, You're kidding. We're like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the 10 Bells. It's one of the most famous pubs. And he was like, This is my first day.
1: (laughs) He was the final boss of all these people just starting. This is my first day. It
0: was amazing. It was like a a total flip. Like we just started telling him about paranormal activity. He's like, that's crazy. Jack the who? Jack the Ripper? Holy shit. (laughs) Jack the who? The Ripper? Which Jack? No. (laughs) Uh, It was fantastic. All in all, though, I gotta say, when I was putting this case together, I thought the Ten Bells was going to be our five out of five. I thought this place would be doubling down on their dark history and providing us with much more paranormal evidence. But maybe this one was the most disappointing
1: of all the pubs we visited. Yeah, there just wasn't a whole lot to go on. What are we saying, Kit, when we come down on our decision on the Ten Bells? I think it's got an awesome, rich paranormal history, a creepy background, Um, and undoubtedly a nice building, and the staff had paranormal stories to tell, but we saw next to nothing uh, and no hints of its past, so maybe a two?
0: Yeah, the banana old-fashioned cocktail, a five out of five. Sure. But rating this thing for paranormal activity, I'm with you, brother. This was a two out of five for me. But of course, we have one last pub on our list. The Prospect of Whitby. This place was insane when we visited it. I couldn't believe it.
1: We didn't know quite what to expect because this one was, uh, compared to all the others, this was a bit more of a wild card for location. Yep. It's down on the river in the Docklands area of London. I'm glad you mentioned that, Kit, because the prospect of
0: Whitby is actually the UK's oldest riverside pub. Wow. Having been built more than 500 years ago in 1520. Unbelievable. 1520! What does that even mean? Jesus drank here, I'm pretty sure. He at least had a or too. This pub was a local watering hole where the seedy underbelly of London could let loose. The location was right along the river so travellers could moor up
1: their boats and drop in for a few rowdy ales. <laughs> Wouldn't you have loved to have been uh, working as like a bank manager back in 1520? Someone comes in and is like, hello, um, I'm a local entrepreneur. I would like to apply for a business loan. Great. Just tell me about it. the kind of business you want to open. I'm thinking of opening a kind of seedy watering hole for the underbelly of London to uh, <laughs> romp around and murder in. It's like, they're honestly, that's a booming industry right now. So here yeah. you go. Here's a bag of gold coins.
0: If you're a confident enough person that you think you can home the, the rowdy pirates of the world, there's money in it for you. Clearly. Unfortunately, maybe this pub bit off a little bit more than they could chew. It was so dangerous and chaotic that it eventually earned the nickname the Devil's Tavern. (laughs) Wow. At one point, the pub allegedly had a cockfighting pit and a bare-knuckle boxing ring. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And never would the two meet, I want to make that clear. Never did someone bare-knuckle box a chicken. (laughs) Uh, I should again clarify, cock as in chicken, not... Caucus and ball fighting, want to some even sort of
1: think about what that is. Genital jousting, I'm not sure. Thank you for that mental image.
0: But believe it or not, these chaotic years aren't the main source of the pub's paranormal activity. This place was also the site of a local execution dock. Wow, where criminals were sentenced to death by a judge known as
1: Judge Jeffries, the hanging judge. So right, if you find out that you get assigned Judge Jeffries as your judge. Just give up. Um, Imagine committing a crime and
0: it's like, yeah, hey, we've we got a pretty good uh, defense here. I mean, you, some witnesses say that you couldn't have done it. You're like, okay, cool, cool. Uh, who's the judge for the case? Electric Joe. <laughs> he's pretty keen on the chair, I'll be honest. And uh, really, sometimes he forces people to commit crimes so he can fry them. Yeah, it's, it's pretty dark
1: stuff. This is insane. So we had the viaduct tavern where it was so bad, they created a circular economy of pub slash prison. You're saying that this place was so dark and disturbed that they had to create an execution ground in the pub? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know which one came first.
0: Uh, But apparently Judge Jeffries, the hanging judge, loved hanging so much he would sit on the pub's balcony on the edge of the river and watch the criminals get hung while he Jesus drank Christ. and ate his lunch." Don't be a
1: judge! If you if you enjoy punishment, I feel like you're going to be a bit biased with your results. Well, there's not many other jobs you can have where you can scratch that itch, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, depending on where you are in the world, you may or may not know, but Britain has a very long history of executing criminals. Um, that yeah. We didn't stop hanging people here in the UK that until that long ago.
0: Should we Google it? It's going to be something really grim. When was the last hanging in the UK? Shut up. 13th of August,
1: 1964. Yeah, man, this is what I'm saying. In the 60s. Oh my God, that's so grim. So just over 50 years ago, really. I mean, what's
0: really funny? up is at the time the bodies of the criminals who had been hung were often left on the noose until quote at least three tides
1: had washed and sunk over their heads it's a good thing pubs these days just have tvs to show football in the (laughs) corner they don't need this kind of f***ed up entertainment uh
0: wasn't that uh i I think that was a pirate thing right that they would hang pirates and then put them on like ports and by rivers so they're like hey what we did to the last mother Tried to take our gold. Yeah, it was like I'm a sure. warning to criminals. Uh, but this seems like old old Jeffries here got a bit of a kick out of it, which is pretty dark. In an ironic twist, the judge himself eventually had to go on the run, disguised as a sailor, to try, to try and escape. Revolutionary seeking revenge against him. Oh, that's
1: hilarious!
0: He never made it out of London and died in prison in the Tower of London.
1: Wow! Didn't hang but uh, still died in prison, which is pretty poetic. This thing is so old, I guess it, it was around during the English Civil War. That's, that's a very long time ago. I, I mean, I think out of all the pubs that we've covered
0: today, this one was the one with the most deaths on site. <laughs> right, it just it just as a pure numbers game, putting, <laughs> putting numbers on the board. It, it was also probably one of the coolest pubs that we've investigated. But that's enough of you telling us about the history of the pub. What about the present it's time to dive in to our investigation we just arrived at our final pub of the entire trip the prospect of whitby
1: Uh, this place looks insane from the outside
0: it looks like the front of a pirate ship there are huge lanterns hanging overhead there's a huge mast and a picture of a ship hanging from it we gotta hop in and check it out let's go We immediately, of course, went to the bar staff and asked them about their own paranormal experiences. And this was really funny because at some of the other pubs, while people were quite forthcoming with their information, they were a bit kind of hesitant or maybe a bit shy about it. And they
1: were very busy too, yeah.
0: Yeah, whereas the the tempo of life at this pub was definitely a lot slower. Mm -hmm. When we asked the woman behind this bar about her paranormal experiences,
1: what did she say? She went, well... Let's start from the beginning. It was incredible.
0: So, yes, it is obviously haunted
1: because
0: is, there's been people hung outside. I haven't got any
1: personal
0: horror stories, but it is haunted. We had an older sister manager, Chris, who's has been working 10 years, and he was once, like, when, when like, one of us are closing in the pub, like, we were meant to be two of us, you know, just in case God forbid anything happened. He wouldn't like that role and then stared by himself and he heard like, footsteps upstairs. Her and the other staff mentioned footsteps, hearing noises, seeing ghostly figures. Another one that was oddly specific and mentioned a number of times was uh, men in the bathroom feeling something
1: touching them from behind while using the urinals. Yeah. The guy who actually lives on site that we talked to, which was amazing that he happened to be standing there. He was describing how something would like brush past the men in the toilets downstairs. He was like gesturing like by like touching his butt yeah, as he was doing it and I was like hey I, I noticed that we keep <laughs> yeah we kept trying to like be like oh so it's like a
0: ghostly presence it's like kind of mainly the butt <laughs> mainly a grab of the butt it's like okay there's no way we can dress this up like it's a cool spirit thing Um it's a horny ghost once we talked to the staff we decided to uh, grab a drink and head out to the balcony at the back of the pub which essentially looks out onto the river this is where I think we got our biggest surprise of the entire night. <laughs> Guys, right now, Kit and myself are on the back.
1: <laughs> we're we're getting, getting a little, little bit of seawater. I don't know why I didn't expect this, but the back of the pub, it, it backs on to the Thames. We are sitting on a, an ancient balcony yeah. uh, over the River Thames, so you can hear, hopefully- the water splashing the seashells beneath us, the creaking wood of the building itself. It sounds like we're on a a galleon.
0: And we know a little bit about the history of the executions that took place here. We talked to the bar staff who had some crazy stories of their own. We didn't realize though (laughs) that there is a noose back here. There is a, a a full noose. And a gallo, still here.
1: They're just waiting for them to bring back capital punishment in Britain. They're, they're just like, <laughs> honestly, it might come back someday. Out the back of the pub is a hangman's noose. They never got rid of the execution dock.
0: <laughs> it's, it's there. It And I mean, at this point, it was quite late at night. The moon was
1: out. You can hear the waves like crashing against the side of the pub. And I felt like I was in Skyrim. It was insane. It was f- Wild, you felt like you were in a pirate dock in some distant land, just the water lapping. There was the ancient floorboards above us, just like boots stepping along them. Yeah, the creaking of the wood, sounding like an old ship. I think I gave it like 15 minutes before I was like,
0: You see the noose, too, right? Yeah. But I just want to be clear, we all see the noose, it's not just me. Um, luckily. It's real. I mean, if you do live near this pub or you're in London visiting, I could not recommend it more. This place was so cool. And the staff were so friendly and so keen to talk about their paranormal experiences.
1: And they really preserved the history of the building as best they could. They weren't trying to cover anything up.
0: No. To try and see if we could measure some paranormal activity out on the balcony, I did basically snipe the noose with my thermal gun. (laughs)
1: That's right.
0: So our reading on the deck is
1: 11.4. Wow. So we're really getting down there tonight. I'm going to kind
0: of lean over just a bit, trying not to drop my phone.
1: (laughs) This is the most ridiculous (laughs) sight I've ever seen. No one has ever taken the temperature of a hangman's noose, of an ancient hangman's noose.
0: Before we left the balcony, we did one final call-out to the ghosts and the spirits who could be remaining on the grounds, uh, using the Rempod Spirit X-1. Pirates, criminals, those who suffered the fate of the gallows, if your spirit still remains here, please give us a sign. All right, Kit is scanning around the dock with the reader. We're not seeing a lot of movement. The REM Rod Spirit Rod X1 <laughs> is not giving us many results. All right, Kit says he's getting something over here.
1: What's going on? He's cranking up to, you know, we're, we're still in the green zone, but it's cranking up a little bit further, that's for sure.
0: All right, we got a slight reaction when we're heading towards this old, old,
1: Box? Pillar? So, a slight elevation of activity in one part of the docks, but, um… Faint. Nothing that's really making, making it pop off.
0: Yeah. The needle did move a little bit, but unfortunately not enough for us to say that it was definitively paranormal. But, wow, that was the prospect of Whitby. Possibly the coolest establishment that we had visited on the entire trip.
1: What a high
0: to go out on. We were buzzing. Oh, my God. And I will say, even though we didn't experience anything necessarily paranormal ourselves, this place had a feel about it. You could feel the history oozing from the walls. It was, it was like nothing we'd felt at any of the other bars so far. So, of course, Kit... At the end of our investigation, we have to decide. We have to rank this pub one out
1: of five on its paranormalness. What would you say? I think given the absolutely ancient history of this pub, the absolutely ridiculous numbers, as I say, that they put on the board in terms of pirates who died on the premises, the hangman's noose, the execution grinds, uh, Judge Hangy or whatever <laughs> they call them, combined with the, the insane atmosphere, not to mention the people who actually lived in that pub and that building telling us firsthand that they've heard stuff, they've seen stuff, they've heard multiple reports in that building. I think this has to be five out of five.
0: I completely agree with you. This was a 5 out of 5. Hearing the staff talk about it, I mean, even uh, one woman who said that she was quite skeptical was like, I don't even like to be alone in here. I don't like closing it down. I don't like being the one to turn off the lights. It obviously just carries a very creepy paranormal vibe, which we felt, even though we didn't come up with any first-hand paranormal evidence so there we have it folks that is the end of our first ever on location investigation wow Woo! what a success this was so much fun for us to do guys and we learned a lot exploring all of these different pubs and trying
1: out a bunch of really cool ghost hunting equipment and how special to do it on home turf the place that this paranormal life was born in london and As you know, Rory, we barely even scratched the surface of haunted pubs, let alone all the other paranormal stuff in this city. Exactly. I mean, we would love to do so many more on location
0: investigations, especially in the future involving video. I mean, that was the original plan for this one. But because of the amount of places we were trying to hit, because we wanted to turn around for Halloween uh, and because some of the shit we were doing was borderline criminal, uh, we (laughs) couldn't have any actual video evidence of those crimes being permitted. Uh, as I said, if a judge like Mr. Hangman were to see the videos of me pointing a thermal gun at a stranger's head and asking for their wallet because it was paranormal procedure, quote unquote, I'd be hanging from the noose at the prospect of Whitby. <laughs> They'd be bringing back capital punishment. <laughs> so there will be more on location investigations to come with video. But we hope you guys enjoyed our first uh, dip into this, this new world. So as a conclusion, out of all the locations we investigated, The Prospect of Whitby, five out of five. I would recommend visiting any one of these pubs. I mean, each has their own story. Ye Old Cock Tavern as well was a, was a highlight. That place is incredible. If you are interested in the paranormal or just pubs, these are all amazing places to visit and we would definitely recommend it. Couldn't agree more. Guys, we hope you enjoyed this very special Halloween episode, episode of This Paranormal <laughs> Life. We hope you guys are having an amazing festive season, carving pumpkins, eating candy, watching scary movies, getting Craig in the tightest headlock you can, and All giving right. him a another sandwich.
1: another crime, <laughs> so just, we don't know who's listening, How <laughs> many judges yeah. are listening.
0: Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you can't wait until next Tuesday for your next episode of this paranormal life, you can head on over to patreon.com where we have a ton of extra bonus content including an extra monthly episode and an extra weekly episode called the after Party where we talk about I mean we talk about the very making of this journey that we went on, all the behind the scenes information, what it was like buying the gear, going to these places. Uh, it's really fun. And if you want some extra content, that's where you should head. Patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have an amazing Halloween. And of course, we will see you next Tuesday for a brand new Paranormal
1: Tale.